back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian. You know me by now, I'm Joe. I'm a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counsellor here to smash the taboo of binge eating. That's my main purpose here. That is all I care about in everything that I do. Thank you so much for being here again and joining me for another episode. Today's episode is going to be a follow-on from the last episode, which was all about binge eating and type 2 diabetes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I advise you to go back to that episode because I give some really general foundation advice for having a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes or just being worried about getting type 2 diabetes alongside struggling with binge eating. It seems like that episode really hit home for many of you. And as I said during the last episode, it's impossible to cover it all in one go. I don't even think I could cover it all in like 10 goes. So today I want to offer a little bit more insight into the topic. Specifically today, I want to chat about intuitive eating and type 2 diabetes. And just before I get into it, I want to give the disclaimer that this podcast and All of my podcasts are only for education and entertainment purposes only. Please don't take any medical advice from a podcast and always seek the opinion of your healthcare provider, such as your nurse or doctor. I'm going to centre this episode on three of the principles of intuitive eating. Remember a couple of episodes ago, I spoke about how intuitive eating is made up of 10 guiding principles. So today I've picked out three of them that I feel are particularly relevant for when you have a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes and you're also struggling with binge eating. But before I get into that, I just want to recap on the general theme of the last episode. So type 2 diabetes is a physical illness, but it has a significant psychological element to it. Feeling down because of having diabetes is really common and diabetes distress is also very commonplace. Diabetes distress, just to remind you, is the emotional distress resulting from living with diabetes and the burden of relentless daily self-management of the condition. Furthermore, even though people with diabetes are more likely to feel anxious or depressed, Mental health is usually not the focus of diabetes care, at least not in the UK, where a yearly psychological assessment is only recommended for children with diabetes and not adults. From a food point of view, there is so much focus on food, eating habits and diabetes. It's probably one of the first things that your doctor or nurse will ask you about. Being diagnosed with diabetes can make one feel compelled to start a new diet regimen. So on top of having to get to grips with a new diagnosis and all of a sudden having to start to take medication and think about how diabetes is going to affect your work and your family, you now feel kind of guilted into starting a new diet too. Because unfortunately, it it seems that when you're not on a diet, it means that you're not looking after yourself. If I'm speaking to you right now, please just take a second to breathe. Let's take a step back together and remember the most fundamental thing here. You are a full person. You are not just a diagnosis of diabetes. You are a person living with diabetes and any treatment plan for diabetes needs to take that into consideration. 
Treating diabetes is not just treating blood sugar levels. It's treating a whole person to be able to continue to live a life that is full and happy. And of course, type 2 diabetes is a serious medical condition. And the best treatment comes when the medical team, so the doctors and nurses, work collaboratively with the patient to find a treatment regimen that works really well for the patient. It's not okay for healthcare professionals to ever make you feel blamed for causing it or for making it worse. All right, let's crack on with three of the principles of intuitive eating related to type 2 diabetes. The first one is to ditch the diet mentality. When it comes to how you eat with diabetes, you have to remember that diabetes is a chronic condition and so it is a long-term game. I know that you don't want to be on a diet for the rest of your life, so it is even more important that you are able to find a way of eating that both makes you feel physically and mentally well, but also that you enjoy and that you look forward to and that doesn't feel like you are restricting or on a diet. You can't be on a diet for the rest of your life. Having said that though, of course, the foods that you eat are going to impact on your blood sugar control. And so I understand why you want to make some changes to how you eat. However, we must avoid the diet trap at all costs. So instead, think about making some changes, but making extremely small changes. I have to stress that changing too much at once or making too big of a change may end up feeling like just another diet and be totally unsustainable and you'll find yourself back to square one in the future. In the last episode, I suggested that you could make some additive changes. So instead of restricting something, instead of pulling back on some of the foods that you're having, why not add something in? Something that you're not having much of at the moment that you could put in to make your diet a bit more well-rounded. Or another suggestion would be to make some very simple swaps. For example, fibre is a type of carbohydrate that has been shown to improve blood sugar levels. So if you have noticed that you're not having very many high fibre foods, you could swap out one of your regular carbohydrates for a higher fibre alternative. And no, before somebody messages me and says, I thought no foods were better than the others, they're not. But in the case of type 2 diabetes, fibre has been shown to be beneficial. So why not try to add it in? This could be as simple as swapping a white bagel for a whole grain bagel or swapping Special K for bran flakes. But of course, if you don't like those foods, there is no obligation to do this. When you're making a health change, in the early stages when you feel really motivated, it can be very tempting to go from 0 to 90 and say, for example, swap out all of your regular carbohydrates for high fibre versions. But I really urge you to avoid doing that because when you take on too much or you take it on too quickly, it can feel so overwhelming and it can really start to feel like what you're doing is just temporary and isn't going to be sustainable for long. And don't worry, because making these small, minuscule changes is going to have a positive effect on your blood sugar levels. 
but with the added bonus of it's not going to make your binge eating worse because you're not restricting anything. So your relationship with food is not at risk. Remember though, these changes have to come from you and you should never feel coerced or bullied by a healthcare professional or a loved one to make any kind of changes. You have full ownership over your body. If something doesn't feel good to you, if you don't like certain foods, you are not obliged to have them. The second principle of intuitive eating that I want to delve into relating to type 2 diabetes is respect your body. It is common for people with diabetes to totally berate their bodies and to put themselves down at every opportunity that they get. If there's one message you take away from today's podcast, I hope that it's this. You gotta stop talking badly about yourself. I'm not saying that you need to fall in love with yourself or your body, but constantly calling yourself derogatory names and saying that your eating habits or your body or even just you you yourself is disgusting or gross, that needs to end. And I'm saying this for the good of your health, literally. One researcher of intuitive eating stated that when individuals appreciate their own body, they naturally pay more attention to their internal bodily needs and therefore respect oneself by eating according to their internal suggestions of hunger and satiety. So what this researcher is saying is that when you respect your body, intuitive eating becomes easier. It becomes more natural. I'm not saying you have to fall in love with your body and you have to love every little bit of it and never shut up talking about how amazing you are or how fabulous you look all the time. But how about starting with just respecting it? Think about somebody in your life who you don't particularly like that much, but you definitely respect them. Even though you don't have a particular liking for this person, you still speak to them in a respectful way. And as I said, you don't have to start loving yourself straight away, but for every negative thing that you say about your body or your looks, consider balancing it out with a positive one. And if you can't find anything positive to say about how you look, appreciate your body's function. Appreciate what your body does for you day in, day out. So that might look like oh, so my belly is so soft and lumpy, but it does a good job of holding my organs in place. Even if this is too painful and you still can't bring yourself to do this, to say one positive thing about your body, you can try starting with your feet. I don't think I've ever had a client say that they hate their feet and if they could change one body part, it would be their feet. The feet seems to be a pretty neutral territory. So I invite you to take a moment to appreciate all your feet can do. Remember, focus on function. So your feet may take you on long walks, take you up the stairs to bed after a long day, or running from the car to the bar in pre-COVID times. Acknowledge it. Say it out loud. Say thank you to your feet. Thank you, feet. And from there... See what other body parts you're grateful for. And you can stick with those non-threatening body parts. So how about your ankles or your hands? Practice thanking your body for what it can do for you. Start small 
and work up from your feet, taking it bit by bit. Don't miss out any parts. Remember to say thank you to your calves and your shins and your knees. Even just one positive comment about your body will help to chip away at the negative narrative that you have cast in stone for yourself. And this isn't something I want you to skip over. Remember, the goal of body respect isn't to change your body. It's just to start to have some appreciation for all that it can do. And lastly, this goes without saying, but show your body some respect by giving it food multiple times a day. It doesn't matter one bit what diagnosis that you have. Your body deserves food. And lastly, another principle of intuitive eating that I want to draw your attention to is movement. Feel the difference. Okay, don't worry. I am not going to tell you that you have to exercise. I personally hate it when anyone tells me that I should exercise or I should move more or I should decrease my sedentary time. So if you hate that too, I totally hear you. And as much as I don't want to hear about movement, I know that the people who preach it do have a point. Whenever I'm stuck in all day, stuck in my laptop, prepping podcasts, I always feel so much better when I go for a walk or a little bit of a stretch. Just putting my shoes on and looking at the sky feels so lovely. When you're inside all the time, and of course this can't be helped by many of us, you can easily forget that there is a whole world out there. Now, depending on your relationship with exercise, you may feel compelled to move because you're Fitbit or some other external source is telling you to do so. And if you're all right with that, then so am I. But if you think that your technology is making you resent movement a little bit because you feel a bit bullied by it, then you have my permission to switch it off or take it off. Have a think now about one positive of incorporating movement into the day. Just one. And this is why this principle is called movement, feel the difference, because to really be able to move intuitively calls on you to be able to look for a reason inside you that makes you want to move. So that can be something like you feel it gives you some headspace or you get some time to yourself in the day or that it helps you manage stress. Those are benefits that come from you internally. Where movement can be not intuitive and can feel like more of a chore is if you're responding to the external influences, say from your Fitbit or from a loved one who is pushing you to go out and move. If you don't have a reason to incorporate movement into your day, then here is one. When you have type 2 diabetes, and especially if you are also struggling with binge eating, it can feel like you're a little ship on a rough sea been thrashed about by all angles, constantly been crushed by waves as you're trying to figure out this whole thing with diabetes and binge eating. It may be that, and this won't be the case for everyone, but a bit of gentle movement such as a walk outdoors, it might be a way that you can engage in a health-promoting behaviour while you are figuring the foodie side of things out. I'm not saying that movement is going to fix everything relating to diabetes and binge eating. It's not. 
But I understand that you feel so overwhelmed by all the conflicting advice on food and diabetes and binge eating. And right now, focusing on getting regular movement may be a good strategy for you so that you can show your body that you respect it and want to show it some care while you are rebuilding a healthy relationship with food. So just to sum up the three principles that I discussed today, number one is to ditch the diet mentality. Remember, type 2 diabetes is a long game. So it's so important that you don't feel like you're on a diet for the rest of your life. Principle two is to respect your body. And if you find it really difficult to say anything positive about how you look, focus on function. And if you find that difficult, start with your feet. And principle three is movement. Feel the difference. And I want you to focus on how movement makes you feel in your body and reject any kind of external influence or external pushers telling you that you need to go and exercise. If you want to learn more about intuitive eating, I will link below the main intuitive eating book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And I will also leave some resources for managing eating difficulties when you have type 2 diabetes. And the resources come from diabetes.org.uk, which have lots of great resources for when you have type 2 diabetes or you're worried about it. Unfortunately, it is quite a weight-centric website, so just a little trigger warning for that. I'm going to leave you now with my 30-second cereal box book review, and I will see you in the next episode. Today's review is an Instagram page and it's at intuitive.eating.ireland. This page is going to really support your journey towards becoming a more intuitive eater. The page is run by two sisters, Gillian and Sinead, and their level of compassion is amazing. They get it. They get every kind of foodie concern relating to binge eating and disordered eating that you could ever come across. And they post really valuable information every single day, both on their grid and on stories. So give them a follow. It's at intuitive.eating.ireland.